Welcome to part four, our final part of our intriguing interview with Ian Oakley. Continue to work in television and shows like Walker, Texas Ranger, Murder, She Wrote, Murphy Brown, uh, Jag. But you also seem to turn towards radio plays and uh, 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 books or, or, or audio books, right? Mm. So how did how did a lot of that's to do with not being offered to do anything else? Um, <laughs> let's be honest about this. The older you get in this, I would say to to the young cast at the academy, is is youth is on your side. You know, young people want young people, and nobody likes looking at old farts on television and movies. Yes, obviously, Christopher Plummer continues to work. You know, uh, they don't. It's it's fewer. Well, Joe, come on. No, the I, roles I are few and far you. between. Yeah. You know, and we you see the same old faces playing the same starring parts, right? And work begins to dry up. There's no question about it. And for me, it began to dry up really seriously around about 2000, 2001, after I'd been in this country ten years because I came in 1989. Mm. Up to that time, I'd worked very consistently in movies and television and some theater. And then all of a sudden, all the shows, some of the shows that employed older actors, Modi Shiro got canceled at the height of its popularity. Mm -hmm. uh, same thing with Diagnosis Murder, at the height of their popularity. And the reason being is that the, the um, what's the word I'm looking for? The audience member, the audience groups weren't right for the advertisers. Mm. Older people don't change their minds. An older person, if he's used Crest toothpaste most of his life, is not going to change his mind because right. an advertiser says try Aquafresh. Um, that's why they don't like those shows that, that attract older viewers. So they cancel all those shows, and all of a sudden, actors like me suddenly find themselves very badly out of work. Around about that time, I discovered writing books, which I have been reasonably successful at. I had a children's series of books which are sold all over the world, and currently AMC has them to develop into a TV series. Whether or not it'll happen, I don't know. But you can make a living doing that if you're any good at it. And luckily enough, I found that I was okay at it. A lot of my contemporaries found life very difficult and very hard. Also, around about that time, I actually started working at the Academy. So that was another lovely thing I was able to do, and I've enjoyed I've been there on and off, as only as a visiting guest director, but I've done 13, maybe 14 years there. And I've loved every minute of it, but I only come in every, like, two, two times a year or something. Mm. But I've loved it, yeah. So when, in answer to your question about audiobooks and radio, that was what was on offer. Mm. Um, partly because I, 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 the BBC still does radio plays in England and there's a, a company here uh, that makes them and they love making them here because they can get extraordinary people to be in them. I did right. uh, a woman, not woman of no importance, um, I can't remember which one it was, but with Mira Silvino ah. uh, starring in it. And she had never done a radio play. So talk about intimidation. She was very intimidated by all mm -hmm. us English radio actors because we know how to do radio. But she said, I have no idea how to do this. And she was wonderful. But um, that's why. It, given my druthers, I'd rather be in a TV series right. or doing a movie or doing a lovely play. Uh, but, but radio is not a particularly popular medium here in terms of mm -hmm. plays, but it is still in England. So that's why I do them, yeah. That's as good a reason as any. Yes, and, yeah. and by the way, radio is lovely. You don't have to learn the lines. You don't have to put the makeup on. No costume. Uh, the minimum rehearsal. Right. But the, but you are doing it with your voice. Now that was interesting when we did 
mm. in Bonds Vianis because so much of it was vocal. Yes, we did have the head. We had the talking heads. That was mm -hmm. nice. But, but in a sense, without being able to use your body, you had to put so much more with your voice. You know? Right. I thought we, we all just, did really, we really well. Work we studied the language. And yes. That's, yeah, exactly. That's where that came yeah. out. What, what's the difference in preparing for like a, a, a radio play? Do you feel like you, I mean, of course, obviously you don't have to learn lines, you don't have to do any of that, but is there, is, is there some, an, another uh, avenue you go to to prepare for something like that, mm -hmm. other than just reading? Just get in your car. And get <laughs> just get in your car. You no, know, there's, there's a Pete, Bill Nye, the great, I love that, I'm such a fan of Bill Nye, the English actor Bill Nye. And he's, I saw him, I think, he's, I think he's got a piece on Facebook where he's asked questions about <clears throat> how he prepares for acting. Does he do much research? And his, his replies are always unbelievably refreshing. He does absolutely no research at all, ever. Why? What's the point? He said, it doesn't help me. He said, it doesn't help me at all. I, he said, it's on the page of the script. That's my research. I right. learned that and that's all I do. And everything he does kind of takes away some of the mystique of acting and some of the the nonsense that's written and talked about acting, you know. So I'm not saying everybody should do no research. Everybody has their own way of doing things. But it is perfectly legitimate, in my opinion, playing a role, to do no research at all. Perfectly <laughs> legitimate. You are Because you, you can only play really what's on the page. You can have the most wonderful backstory and the most wonderful stuff. And people do this and because it helps them. And that's a very, very good reason for doing it. But it is not necessarily... I don't believe, and that's my personal opinion, and not shared by many acting well, teachers. Think, basically, it's whatever works for you yeah, to get you, you yeah. where you need to and, be yeah. to do what you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I just did a radio play. I just did a, I just did a nice little role in a, in a, in a thing. It, the original book of Sweeney Todd, by the way, it's called Sweeney Todd oh. and the Necklace of Pearls or the Pearl Necklace, and um, they just did it, and I just recorded it about four days ago. Yeah. I played a character called Major Bounce who is in love with Mrs. Lovett and then goes and gets his throat cut. It's, but, right. yeah. it's great fun, little funny little English, sort of old English, silly old soldier character, you know? <laughs> and I thought, well, I won't say, I'll, I'll have a soft R. So, you know, I, I said W instead of R for all the R's. That worked quite well. It made the director laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, there's no research to be done. What can mm. you do? You just go in and you do it, you know? You just yeah. create something. And, and, and then we've talked a little bit about it before, back when we did Ernest, but you know, I agree in a lot of ways of what you just said. Now, do you find it easier once you've gone through life a little bit and you become a seasoned actor, do you think it's easier to do no research then because you've lived life? Do you think it's easier for a younger actor to do research because they haven't, they have to find some connection with it, but as you get older, the connection's already there, you've already lived that, you already know. Well, look, I know older actors who research endlessly. Hmm endlessly um, because that's their process as I've gone through I've discovered that it doesn't really help me I can only act what's there on on the page you know uh, but again it's a great thing for a younger actor to cling to as well it's, a, it's like a safety net in a way having done the research the young actor understandably believes he's done a lot of the work and, and in some ways he has but really, all the work is when you're doing it, right. isn't it? Everything mm -hmm. else is just peripheral to it. So I, I never say don't do all right. that stuff. Don't write, 
your your backstory. Don't wonder what your mother had for tea. I never say only that. You know, it, it's it's whatever floats your boat, frankly. Mm-hmm. You know, it's whatever works for you. Yes. Well, because no one's ever it, it, all the bio writing you do, which I th- I think is important for for, for young it actors. Can you know, be, yeah. absolutely. Uh, but nobody's going to see that but no, you. No. Nobody's nobody, ever asked me and for a bio also, before. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, one of my things I always have when I'm directing is, is, is look, stop. Why are you pausing? And the, act, the young actor might say, well, because I'm making a decision to do something. I say, the audience doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> please, please, nobody wants to watch that. I nobody was, ever wants yeah. to see that. Nobody like, what likes watching actors think. It's like feeling. Yeah. Like feeling. Uh, you, you hounded on me on that. Yeah. <laughs> shit, shit, shit. Be like, yes. Yeah. If I have to There's spend a famous two story hours. In our, uh, not famous. It's quite... Is, is when the actor's studio, uh, uh, Lee Strasberg, brought Three Sisters to London... It was a it was a it was a very exciting moment for London to to have this great extraordinary production by this great extraordinary director, and because all the actors in London really wanted to see it, the ones who were already in the theatre, it was decided to do a dress rehearsal on a Sunday night. In England, Sunday nights are are, are dark. That's when our theatres are dark. So many of the London actors who were in West End were able to go and see this dress rehearsal of Three Sisters, by the great Lee Strasberg. <laughs> a friend of mine went to it. I was doing something else. And she said, the intermission was, two and a half hours had gone by before we got to the intermission because of the thinking that was going on. And the interminable slow shifts between tears and laughter. And and at one point, Sandy Dennis stopped, the Sandy Dennis was it, Sandy Dennis, wonderful American actress. I mean, wonderful. Stopped and burst into floods of tears. And Lee Strasberg ran forward and said, what's the matter, Sandy, dear? And she said, it's this chair. It's just not talking to me. Well, I'm sorry, but that's rubbish. It's all rubbish. That is nonsense as far as I'm concerned. You know. And the thing about the Russians don't do Chekhov like that because the Russian psyche goes from tears to laughter in an instant. Bang, bang. It's like that. They're so passionate. You're laughing one second. But, but now, by the way, this is just Strasberg. 99.9% 99.9% of American actors know, of course, how to do Chekhov, and they don't do this kind of... But at that particular time, in mm. that particular place, Strasberg and the actor's studio, that's what they did to it. And, of course, it became the most boring, tedious thing anybody had ever seen. And the English awful. critics ripped it to shreds. They said, yeah. this is awful. And, of course, they all thought they were doing the most wonderful work in the universe. Oh, they because weren't. they were thinking. Because they were actors. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. And, and Chekhov is... I have a hard time with Chekhov sometimes. Every actor has. Yes, it's, it's so not hard. easy stuff. But it's not. And it can you can very well be boring very yeah. easily. You have to treat yeah. them like human beings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think people yeah. forget that they're human It's the same beings. with Williams. My American agent. My American agent. Well, the, uh, the agent I got before I came to America happened to be in London. And he came to see the three sisters I did where I played Vashina. Yeah. He opened the door. He said, "Christ, that was a boring show. <laughs> this was the this was the big hit of London that season." He said, "But if ever you're in America, he said, I'd like to look after you." So that's yeah. how I got my American agent. But you know that it can be it's hellishly boring. Oh, I, I've seen things like I've, I've seen the seagull before, where oh, I just yeah. wished he would have committed suicide yes, a lot yes. sooner. <laughs> and the three <laughs> sisters. Why don't they just get on the damn train and go to Moscow? Go, just, it's just, quite just, easy. Just, they stop. have money. Yeah, um, more fun to wallow in it, yeah, don't you know? Uh, and that, that, that that's a good uh, a good. Good thing, as I was saying earlier, when you go, you don't go to the theater to watch people 
feel no, for two hours. No, you don't. No. You, you you go to feel something. Yeah. You go to be. You feel it. To, yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And again, the actor after a while, you know, I always say it's wonderful for you to feel it at the beginning, but you know. Try feeling it six months into a long run. You ain't gonna feel it. Do you think maturity makes you a better actor? No. 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 There's an awful lot of really bad old actors around. Well. <laughs> and, so, and some people say I'm one of them, no. by the way. No, no, no. I did a movie, I did a little movie, a little low-budget movie in England where I played an English gangster. And I, I go online on, you know, on IMDb and you, know, you get all the people saying what they, you know, the, the amateur critics. And most of them are very nice about it. But go down a bit. <laughs> no wonder Ian Ogilvy stopped acting. He's the worst actor I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you, you know, you start hitting, they start hitting. Yeah. Oh, no, would, people have opinions. You know, yeah, you know. I can't. Well, I, I, is that I can't the movie that them. we still kill the old way? Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, you know, a lot of people thought I was quite funny in that. But there were other people went, God, worst actor I've ever seen. <laughs> well, yeah, no, no, all of them are not going to like you. That's not, not you. Exactly. So you have to play for you yeah. have to play for what you know best. Yeah. You can't. Uh, I think. I think. I think. I think. Obviously, <laughs> I think. Obviously, maturity and an age. It should make you better. God help you if it doesn't. Well, really. more life experience, I would right. think. Exactly. I would hope. Exactly. I would hope. Yeah. Um, and before we move to our rapid fire questions, I, I, I want to ask. There's a rapid fire question. Yes, right? you got to answer really quickly. Oh my God. Um, Actually, want, we have you, to ask you, them quickly. Can you tell us your story of how you, you, know, you met the Queen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so what sweet, transpired? Right. Yeah, I was in this... The, the Queen, and as you probably all know, is very fond of horses. Mm. And her whole family are fond of horses, and they got the money to have them. And Prince Charles likes polo. And I'd done a little job for a company called Dunhill, and Dunhill always had a big marquee at the polo grounds at Windsor Castle on the polo days. They, they would host with champagne and things. And they said, would you like to come to one of our polo days? And, you know, the royal family there. And I said, okay. So I'm in this tent, and there's really nobody there particularly. I, I started watching the polo, but watching polo is, is a crashing ball, frankly. <laughs> it's like a lot of people on horseback looking for their car keys. It's just the most awful, <laughs> awful, boring thing. Anyway, anyway, I'm in the tent, and all of a sudden, um, in comes the queen in, in rubber boots, Wellington boots, and an old scarf, and a, you know... <laughs> because she's been watching the polo. So I think, oh, there's the queen. Oh, okay. Don't look, <laughs> don't look. So I purposely didn't look, you know, because I thought poor woman stared at all her life, you know. And then uh, I get a tap on the shoulder and it, it's the chap who's with her, it's called an equerry. And the equerry said, uh, Mr. Ogilvy, would you like to meet the queen? And I thought, oh, poor woman, she meets her. I said, no, it's fine, it's fine, no, it's fine. He went, no. Would you like to meet the Queen? I realised it was a summons, actually. It wasn't, wasn't a suggestion. You know? So I went over, and, and, and she's tiny. She's a very little one. And you're not supposed to start conversations with the Queen. You're supposed to wait for her to ask a question. Poor woman must have asked 20,000 questions in her lifetime. And I'm thinking, this is such an informal thing. It's not like anybody else is around. The equerry had gone. It was just me and her standing in the middle of a tent with really five people in the tent, maybe, and not they weren't looking at it. I thought, oh, hell with it. I'm going to ask her a question. And I knew she loved horses. And for some reason, I remember the name of her ceremonial horse she used to ride when the Trooping of the Colour, when she all had a military uniform years ago. And I said, ma'am, whatever happened to Bombardier? And her little face just lit up. And she went, oh, well, it's funny you should ask that. He's still alive. You know? He's very old and he lives in a field here at Windsor. He's retired, like, well, like I should be, she said. And she said, and I visit him every day and I take him an apple or a carrot or something. And she said, today was just like any other day. I went down there with my apple, and there's old Bombardier, and he trots up, and I, I go into the field with him. 
and I'm feeding him this apple, and I suddenly hear this pounding noise. And she said, I looked round, she said, there was this horse, a huge black stallion, and it was charging up from the other side of the field with its ears back and its teeth bared, you know, like that. She had this impression of a, of a homicidal horse. Which, you know, <laughs> so like, and she said, and I ran. She said, I dropped the apple, and I ran, and I ran, and I got to the gate, and I got through the gate, and I shut the door just as he arrived. She said, you know, you very nearly lost your sovereign, she said. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I thought to myself, well, that's nice, because she has actually managed to tell somebody else a story. What happens is, she, you know, she says, how was your journey oh. here today? And then she listens to five minutes of, you know, the train was very comfortable, ma'am, and, you know, people, nervous people telling her boring shit. Frankly, most of the time. Someone I thought, finally hey, asked and her this time, she actually managed to tell somebody, somebody, a complete stranger, a funny story, which I thought was rather nice. So, so anyway, that's my yeah, queen story. That's, that's, yeah, that's you lovely. Didn't, you didn't get knighted? Not for that. No. Okay. No. Okay. no. <laughs> so, I always want to call you, call you Sir Ian works. Ogilvy. I think we should. Yeah. Okay, we yeah, should. Like no one know. would know the difference. But no. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to move on to our rapid fire questions. Uh, I'll just start and then we'll just go back and forth. Gotcha. And uh, these are real quick questions, real simple answers. Real so don't answers. don't do my long. Don't uh, don't don't get long winded. We've loved your long windedness up up to this point, and it's now Gone. time to finish. Yes. Okay. So uh, dream role on stage. Gary Essendine, present laughter. Who who is your acting inspiration? Uh, John Gillian. Uh, who were you most intimidated to work with? Well, we kind of already did that one. But James Mason. James Mason. James Mason yeah. Who do you want to work with the most that you haven't at this point? Jennifer Lawrence. She's terribly pretty, and I think she's very good. <laughs> <laughs> good answer. Good, good answer. Good enough for me. Uh, if you could be on any television show right now, what would it be? Remake of Friends. Really? Nice. Best, best, oh, best, oh. best situation comedy ever made. And it lasted millions of years, and they, they all made a million dollars an episode. Yeah. I can't think of anything more lovely than being on something like that. And making right. a million dollars an yeah, episode. I, I might argue about Fraser being... Fra Fraser. You liked being, it better. Okay. Yeah, I think. But, but apples and oranges. Yeah, apples, and, apples and, yeah. and oranges. Um, okay, and our final question here is... Alec Baldwin once said, uh, we already shit on the actor studio, well, so here we go. Well, we, we didn't mean to. <laughs> yeah. um, he said, I can't think of any business where you learn more about yourself than this business. In your, your long, full career, what have you learned about yourself? Or what have you found out about yourself? That, that I wasn't nearly as good as I thought I was when I was young. That I wasted an awful lot of time not being as good as I should have been. I could have been that much better when I was young. I'm pleased that I've improved, and I think I'm all right now. I'm not bad now, uh, but so I bloody well should be, frankly, after all those years. I wish, I wish in a way, uh, I wish in a way that that, that I somebody had said to me, "You need to do a bit more than this, you know, you really yeah. do." Yeah, but it's only a, it's only a mild regret because I had a lovely time. For heaven's sake, I was one of the luckiest actors of my generation. I worked, I worked, and I didn't have to do anything else. The very definition of and success. I work. It has been an absolute pleasure. Yes, I'm sir. So grateful you decided to come and join us well, today. Uh, remember to once a saint, uh, Ian Ogilvy, an actor's memoir. Pick it up where you can. I, I, I loved reading it, and I, I would be happy to read it again. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you it was so very, much. very nice and very nice. You, you, sometimes these things are a bit. But this was lovely. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for bearing with us. <laughs> <laughs> I think we said thank you one another yes, time. Yes, we probably have. Yeah. <laughs> thank, thank you. you. No, cut thank all you, the, cut the camera thank continues. You. <laughs>